Codependency is one of the most toxic and destructive problems that I have found in working with thousands of people from all over the world. And here's the kicker. Many people don't even know what codependency is or that they have a problem with it to begin with. And if that's you, don't worry because this video is going to help you come out of the codependency hole quickly and for good. You're going to learn what codependency is and the truth may shock you. Then we're going to go over the one key issue that causes codependency then the top 10 signs of codependency so you can spot it in yourself. And then we are going to finish off with the simple but powerful four-step process to help you heal codependency for good. Coming up. Hello, beautiful soul. This is Christina Lopes, the heart alchemist here to help you open your heart, heal your past and live with purpose. If you're new to my videos, click on that subscribe button and also on the bell. So you get notified as soon as I publish new content. And don't forget to follow me over on Instagram where I share weekly tips and advice that you won't find here on YouTube. Before we get into the main part of the video, I want to let you know that there is a workbook that accompanies this video with major takeaways from the video and homework exercises. So you can go deeper on the content that we discussed today. After watching this video, I'm going to leave links to the free workbook down in the description box below. So you can download it after watching this video. I hope it helps. Okay. On to part one of the video, what is codependency? So I'm going to give you two different de uh, definitions because codependency has been talked a lot about in the field of psychology. So we're, I'm going to give you that definition, but then I'm going to go into the spiritual aspect and give you a more energy alchemy definition of codependency so that we can go deeper and really work with this toxic pattern at the root level. Okay. So I'm going to give you these two definitions. The first one, let's get out of the way, which is the definition in the field of psychology. So codependency in psychology means that uh, a codependent is someone that sacrifices their own needs for the needs of others. Okay. Now notice that I didn't say that you're helping others or that you're just assisting others. It's deeper than that. You sacrifice yourself for the sake of others. Okay. And, and this is where the toxicity comes in. And it, it's really, really problematic because what codependency does is it basically removes the, the person's center is located outside of themselves. They are so, so uh, pointed outwards towards other people that they don't, they don't actually have a sense of self, a strong sense of self within themselves. All right. So their center, a codependent center is located outside of them, usually in other people. All right. So they are highly dependent on other people being present in their lives, usually in the form of them taking care of the other people. And that becomes one of the patterns in which the codependent actually derives a sense of worth from helping and taking care and saving other people. All right. So, so they sacrifice their own needs for the needs of others. They put their, their center of power outside of themselves in others. In my view, codependency is an addiction. All right. Just like drugs or alcohol is an addiction. Codependency also is. And here's a little side note, ding, ding. Here's a side note on this. So you can start to understand codependency a little bit better. 
This is one of the reasons why codependents usually find themselves pretty high frequency. They'll find themselves um, in toxic relationships with actual addicts, with, with drug addicts, with alcohol, uh, with alcoholics. They will actually find themselves in really toxic situations with actual addicts and they'll point to the addict and they'll try to save the addict and they'll try, they'll try everything to save the other person, but they don't notice that they themselves are an addict also. It's just that their addiction is a little bit different. It's not a substance. It's not alcohol. The addiction of the codependent is a person or people. Okay. Because remember, Remember that codependent has an extreme focus outside of them in other people. They need other people in order to feel good about themselves. And so that's their addiction. Their addiction isn't a substance. Their addiction is a person or people. All right. But it is an addiction, uh, with, without doubt, it's an addiction. It's just an addiction. That's a little bit different. And so what happens a lot of times that gets lost in translation because a lot of times codependents are in these toxic relationships or family situations with actual addicts and they get so lost in trying to help the addict that they don't notice the addiction that they have within themselves. Okay. So I wanted to leave this side note here because it's important for this, for this to start coming up to the surface. It's a really important uh, step in healing codependency. So the entire personal identity of a codependent is actually built around the extreme need to save or help others. Okay. And this is why the addicts start to come because that person has this extreme need to save other people from themselves. And so all of these addicts of all kinds of, all kinds of addictions and all kinds of shapes and sizes end up uh, knocking at the codependent's door. All right. Now you may be saying, you may be resisting a little bit what I'm saying and, and you could be saying, Hey, Christina, you know, What's the problem with helping others or sacrificing myself for others? What's wrong with that? <laughs> okay. So you may be asking yourself that, or you may feel resistance to what I'm saying about codependency, but here's the answer to that codependents, they don't, they don't help others out of the kindness of their heart. They don't help others for altruistic reasons, whether the codependent realizes it or not, they are helping other people because they need that other person. They depend on that other person in order to have a sense of self-worth, right? It, they absolutely depend on other people for their own sense of worth. So a codependent needs to be needed. Okay. That's another way of putting it. A codependent needs to be needed by others. When they don't have other people around to take care, take care of the codependent really feels horrible about themselves because their sense of identity, their sense of power and their sense of self-worth is non-existent within themselves. It's externalized in others. And so if there aren't others to take care of, the codependent doesn't know what to do with themselves. Okay. So, so there's the answer to that. Codependents aren't helping others out of an altruistic or, or the kindness of their heart. They're doing it for an ulterior motive to feel better within themselves about themselves. So now that we've gone over the psychology definition of codependency, now let's get into the spiritual and energy component. Let's go a little bit deeper with this. Okay. So from an energy, a pure energy perspective, a codependent, their center of power is actually outside of themselves. It's externalized in another person or other people. Okay. And the, the alchemy uh, definition of codependency, codependent is someone who derives energy or a sense of worth in giving their power away to others. 
Okay, that's the, that's the alchemy definition of, of a codependent, right? Now, it may seem a bit counterintuitive, like how can I feel more powerful or feel good about myself if I'm giving my power away to others? Doesn't that seem counterintuitive? And it kind of is because really what ends up happening with so many codependents is that they burn out. Um, many of them get actually physically sick because they've been codependents for so long. They've been draining their power from themselves for so long that they actually get sick. So this is really a grand illusion that the codependent has within their subconscious mind, that if they give power away, that if they help and they save others, that they're going to feel more powerful. It ends up being an illusion, but it's an illusion that they live in sometimes for many years because they don't know how to do different. All right. So that's, that's energetically what's going on because the person's center of power is located outside of them because they have no sense of self-worth at all if there aren't other people involved. So because that center of power is located outside of them, they're constantly giving their power away as a means to feel validated or feel worthy in this life. And, and they end up crashing one way or another or going from toxic relationship to toxic relationship because the energy is extremely imbalanced here. And you can see you're always setting yourself up for suffering and problems. If you externalize your power on anything outside of you, uh, especially people, because people are ever changing. You can't control people. So the moment that you put your power in another person, you're really setting yourself up for a lot of problems and a lot of suffering. So just to give you a perspective on what a healthy person, what the energy field of a healthy person would look like. So we could have comparisons here, a healthy person who's not, who doesn't have this codependency pattern, their center of power is located around the stomach area, high stomach between the second and third chakras. This is your center of personal power and identity. Okay. So in a healthy person, that power is located right here in this stomach, high stomach area. Okay. From the second to third chakras. That's the center of personal power. But with the codependent, this is very, very weakened and their power is actually externalized into someone else. Okay. And so that's the, the major, from an energy perspective, that's what's going on. There's an extreme weakness. There is a movement of my power from within me outside of me. Now onto part two of the video, the root causes of codependency. So there are a few of them, but there's one, there's one key issue going on. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit but there are multiple things that contribute to codependency. Uh, and if you if you were listening to what I was saying previously, when I was talking about, I was pointing to this area here of the stomach and that that's where a healthy person's center of personal power is. You can kind of start to understand where the root causes of codependency are coming from. They're coming from these lower chakras. Okay. These lower energy centers, uh, the three lower ones, especially. Okay. Now you may be asking yourself why, where do these problems come from? Where do the problems in these lower three chakras, what, what's going on for this codependency pattern to begin to be developed. And the issue starts in childhood for codependence. We're talking about a childhood, um, a child that could have been, uh, neglected, either emotionally neglected or really neglected, uh, physically neglected. And so what happens when a child is neglected in any way, they start to feel, uh, emotions like shame. They start to feel like they've been abandoned. They start to believe that their own needs are not important to be met. Okay. They start to get that, that mirroring because they're, they're ne being neglected by their environment, whether caretakers, parents, families, 
they're being neglected. And so the little child starts to internalize that and starts to feel shameful that maybe their needs aren't important. Okay. So that's one aspect of how codependency is created in these lower chakras. These lower three chakras are very dominant early in, in, in childhood. That's why these are the ones that are being affected. These are your foundational chakras. The first ones that come online when you're a child. So any kind of problems in childhood are going to affect these foundational chakras. But there's another aspect of codependency. It can be created, not necessarily if you've gone through any kind of uh, neglect, but there's another aspect that contributes also to codependency. And this is something that happened in my own life and in the lives of many clients that I've worked with. And that's when a child is sort of forced to take on an adult role when she's still a child. Okay. And in my own family, that happened because my father was really sick when I was little and my mom was having a really hard time. They were both having a hard time dealing with my father's illness. And I remember I was observing them interacting with each other and it would just make things worse. So uh, when I was little, I actually had the intuitive capacity to understand that I wanted to do something different. And so I actually stepped in at a really early age, maybe four, five, six, I stepped in as my father's primary caretaker as a really early, at a really early age. So I basically took it upon me to keep my father safe and healthy and well. And whenever he was sick, I felt that as a personal failure on my, on my, um, on myself. Okay. I felt a lot of shame. So this is an example of a lot of situations where children are forced into an adult role. And this is because the adults around them either can't fulfill that role or won't fulfill that role. And so the child feels forced to step into it. And that can also cause codependency. And you can see easily why, right? The moment that I begin to externalize and to become the caretaker for my father at such an early age, when I wasn't prepared emotionally for that, what that created was I externalized my worth onto my father. That's why I would feel shame when he was sick or I would feel better when he was okay. And it was because I already had my personal identity enmeshed in my father's illness. Okay. So this is another example uh, that can create codependency is that children that have to step into adult roles really early uh, for other people. This happens because there may be an older sibling to many siblings and the parents are addicts or the parents are doing, going off and doing something. And so they have to become the primary caretakers for their younger siblings. That's another uh, example of, of coming into an adult role. But either way, these are some common examples that really start to affect these lower chakras and that start to cause codependency early on in a person's life. So these are some of the general things that can cause codependency, um, early starting early on in our lives. But now I want to get to the million dollar nugget. Here's the million dollar nugget. This is not discussed in psychology as much, unless you're working with a transpersonal psychology that understands energy and, um, and spiritual perspective on things. But here is the million dollar nugget on the root cause of codependency. All the other things contribute that we talked about, but here's the true root cause of codependency. And that is a dysfunctional second chakra. 
okay? Dysfunctional second chakra is the root cause energetically of codependency, all right? Now let's go into the second chakra a little bit. If you've, if you've learned anything about the chakras or if you've heard about them, you're probably familiar with the fact that the second chakra is considered our sexual chakra. So you may be asking yourself, what the heck does my sexual chakra have to do with codependency? It has everything to do with codependency because the, the second chakra isn't just about uh, sex or sexual energy. The second chakra is really the first chakra of relationships, okay? It is the chakra of relationships, not just sexual relationships, all relationships, okay? Now let's go into the development of this second chakra a little bit so you can start understanding this from a chakra development perspective, all right? So the first chakra is the first one that comes online. It's considered the tribal chakra. It's the chakra of the group. Okay, so there's no individualization in this first chakra. I'm a baby, I'm born, I, I um, am a part of this family, this family takes care of me, here's mommy and mommy or mommy and daddy or daddy and daddy, here are my caretakers, and I'm a part, I'm enmeshed in this group, I'm not really a me, says the first chakra, okay? By the time I come into the second chakra, now the second chakra starts the process of individualization, all right? So now I go from the tribal chakra, from tribal consciousness, up into in starting the individualization of consciousness, okay? So when I get to the second chakra, now it's not me enmeshed in a tribe, it's me relating to specific other people. <laughs> okay. And so this, this second chakra is very, very important in connecting with others in relationship with others. And so now you can see, you can start to see why this is the root cause, uh, a problem here of codependency because codependency is an addiction to people, to helping, to saving other people. It's an addiction of relationship relating to other people. So if I have a dysfunction in this second chakra, it will exhibit itself as can exhibit itself. It can exhibit itself in multiple other things, but we're talking about codependency today. So the, a dysfunction in this second chakra can absolutely create codependency and it is in my opinion the root cause of codependency there's another aspect of the second chakra that's also worth talking about here and that is it's not just the, the chakra of relationships but it's also the chakra where you, where your power starts as an individual okay now true power the full power of you as an individual develops and matures fully when you get to the third chakra the solar plexus but at the second chakra you're already starting to develop personal power because you're moving from the tribe from the group consciousness of the first chakra into a more individualized consciousness of the second chakra so power begins at the second chakra and a specific type of power is developed in the second chakra and it's power in relationships, okay? Because remember, this is the relationship chakra. So it's power in relationships. The second chakra is crucial in maintaining my power within a relationship or not, okay? And so a vicious cycle, when I'm codependent, a vicious cycle starts to develop here with the second chakra. The moment that I externalize my power, that I externalize my worth onto someone else, I start to drain energy out of this second chakra. The second chakra gets weaker. 
the weaker the second chakra gets, the more I need to, to get that power from other people. So the more attached and clingy I get to other people, the more I need to save other people and the more I pull my energy out. So it's a vicious cycle. It's a vicious cycle from the, the energy coming out of my second chakra, it starts to weaken. The more that it weakens, the more I seek out that power from other people and the weaker my second chakra gets. It's a vicious, vicious cycle. And this root cause, this issue is one of the core things that needs to be corrected when we're working on codependency. And that's why sometimes going to a therapist or just working on the mind perspective, it doesn't work because as long as the second chakra has an energy dysfunction, I won't be able to heal codependency. Now onto part three of the video, the top signs of codependency. I'm going to give you 10 quick signs of codependency so that you can spot this in yourself if you're still unsure on whether codependency is a problem for you. Okay. So here are the 10, uh, the 10 signs for you to look out for. The first one is I don't value myself. Okay. You do not value yourself if you are a codependent. Because again, you've externalized for whatever reason, maybe you were neglected as a child. Maybe you had issues in your family. Like I did all kinds of things could have happened in your childhood. The point is at some point you externalized your worth, meaning that you do not value yourself on your own, standing on your own two feet. All right. So that's, that's one of the main things that starts happening is I do not value myself as I am. I need other people in order to feel valuable. All right. And this is something that's, that's I've, I've worked with so many codependents and this is one of the most, um, excruciating things to get to is, is to get to that place where the codependent actually has to admit that they really do not value themselves at all because a lot of times they can spend years saying they really love themselves and they really value themselves, but it's just coming out of their mouth. It's not really there energetically and it's not really there on a subconscious level. All right. So there's the first sign. The second sign of codependency is that they have poor boundaries. <laughs> All right. So, uh, one of the biggest issues for codependence, and this is because their sense of worth is located outside of themselves in someone else or in other people. So they really, when that happens, they have no sense of boundaries whatsoever. They let other people treat them. However, the other person wants to, they have no boundaries whatsoever. They don't know how to say no. They don't know how to impose their limits. And, and it's because that sense of power is not located actually inside their being. All right. So huge problem with boundaries that uh, codependents have. Um, third sign is they need to save others. This is a huge one. Okay. And the need is it's almost, it can get to a point where it's actually compulsive, meaning that a, a codependent doesn't know what to do with themselves unless they're out saving or helping other people. They don't know what to do with themselves. It's actually really uncomfortable because if they don't have other people around to save and, and to help and to assist and to do this, that, and the other for them, if they don't have people around them to save, they feel it's almost like I've had clients say to me that they feel like their skin is crawling when they don't have anyone around, uh, for them to help and to assist. Okay. That's, that's how uncomfortable it gets. Okay. So there's a compulsive need to save other people. One of the reasons why, uh, addicts of all sorts get attracted to codependence. It's because the energy is resonating. That codependent is ready to save and the addict is ready to be saved. 
And so there's a toxic chemistry that, that that's created there. Sign number four is early family dysfunction. This one we already talked about a little bit. If you had a childhood that was dysfunctional, if you had to step into any kind of adult role when you were still a child because your parents were, you know, you know, maybe they were addicts, maybe they were unable to fulfill certain adult roles and you stepped into that role, uh, that could be one reason. Or maybe you were neglected, maybe your parents, your family didn't pay attention to you. Maybe you were emotionally neglected, maybe you were physically neglected or abandoned. And so you started to feel shame and you started to believe that your needs weren't important to be met. Okay. So, so early family dysfunction, like the one we talked about, that's another, uh, that's another sign that could create codependency. The fifth sign of codependency is that you try to control others. Okay. So codependence really have this need to control others. And you can understand why it's really precarious to be a codependent because I've externalized my sense of worth and my self-esteem and my value. I've externalized it on someone else or on multiple other people. And so that means that I have to constantly be controlling them, trying to control them because they hold my power. <laughs> you see, this is a losing, losing proposition that codependents have. They try to control others. Of course it doesn't, it doesn't work, but they try to control others because within that other person or those other people are their own sense of identity and worth. It's been externalized. So it's really painful. They try and they try to control. It never really works, but this is another key sign. If you try to control other people could be another key sign of codependency. The sixth sign of codependency is stress and anxiety. And you can see why, right? Because the power, the codependence power and sense of self are located outside of them. That's going to create a ton of anxiety and a ton of problems for them, a ton of stress, because again, their entire self-worth is located outside of them, which means that they're going to have to try and control their environment, try and control other people that never works. And so what ends up happening is they feel so much stress and so much anxiety anxiety while their worth is externalized. Okay. And the reason that anxiety is coming in, it's not just because they can't control other people. The anxiety and the stress is coming in really, because at the end of the day, the codependent feels a tremendous uh, feeling of powerlessness. Okay. The codependent feels powerless. And you can see why they feel powerless because their power isn't actually with them. It's with other people. It's been put in other people. And so that's why those stress levels and those anxiety levels come up. Okay. So stress and anxiety, very, very common sign in codependence. The seventh sign of codependency is a need to be needed. Okay. So codependents really have this compulsive need to be needed. And now you understand why it's because in the helping and in the sacrificing themselves for others, that's where they get a little bit of self-worth. Okay. It's not a lot, but it's a little bit of self-worth where they have none. Okay. And so this, this really creates this compulsive need to be needed. When, when nobody needs a codependent, they freak out. They live in a, in, in this really deep state of restlessness when they are not needed. It's a huge problem for them. So they're always finding people to need them, which is again, why going back, um, codependents attract to themselves, uh, people that are very wounded. I don't like to use the word broken because nobody's broken, but we use this term a lot when we say broken people. And when, when I mean broken people, I'm just talking about people who are very wounded the codependent will end up attracting those people because the codependent's energy is scoping for people to save and for people to need them. Okay. And so this is, this is another sign. If you have a need to be needed, that could be a sign of codependency for sure. 
The eighth sign of codependency is that you feel overwhelmed. Okay. The reason that a codependent feels overwhelmed is because that compulsion to be constantly helping other people, to be constantly saving other people, to be constantly saving them from themselves. What ends up happening is the codependent will very frequently take on too many responsibilities, especially if they're trying to save more than one person at the same time. Okay. And so this can create a lot of overwhelm in the codependent's life because now they've overextended themselves. They have so many people or so many things to do to save another person or to save other people that they feel totally overwhelmed. This is very, very common. The ninth sign of codependency is a fear of abandonment. Okay. Now this one's easy to understand, right? If I, if I put my power and my sense of worth and my sense of just my self image, my sense of self-esteem, if I put that in someone else, if I externalize it outside of myself, then I'm going to be constantly afraid of that person in which I deposited my, uh, my self-worth and my image. I'm going to be terrified of that person leaving me or abandoning me. Okay. So this is a problem for codependents. They have, this is one of the core fears of a codependent is that they be abandoned because they don't know what to do with themselves. They have no sense of self-worth unless people or a person is in their life. And so they're going to feel this underlying core wound and fear of abandonment because they know that if that person leaves them, they're left alone. Their sense of self-worth just goes completely down the drain. All right. So fear of abandonment, a core, core fear. Uh, that codependents have. And the 10th and last sign of codependency is anger. I really want to talk about this one. That's why I brought it up here because this isn't commonly discussed when it comes to codependency, but a lot, there is a lot of anger within codependence, even when they don't realize it. Okay. And the reason that codependents get so angry, and this happened in my own life too, codependents very frequently get angry when other people don't appreciate them or don't, or aren't grateful for all the help that the codependent gives them. Okay. Now I, I used air quotes for the term help because we already know that the codependent isn't helping other people out of the kindness of their hearts. They're helping other people because they need that other person in order to feel good about themselves. So it's not really a help. It's not altruistic. It's done for ulterior motives. And so when the other person doesn't say thank you or isn't appreciative of all the, of all the things that the codependent does for them, the codependent will very frequently get angry. Okay. And so this is something you may be resisting if you're a codependent. And I've had to work through this with a lot of clients who are codependents because this isn't easily detected at first, because at first that anger that the codependent has, it feels righteous to them because they're doing all of this for that person. And the other person isn't appreciative. Why shouldn't I be angry? I have every right to be angry. <laughs> okay. So this is sometimes hard to get to at first, but this is, this is definitely a problem and something present in codependence. So when it comes to anger, I usually like to play a game with my clients when I'm getting in, when I'm tapping into this anger and I'm trying to help them heal this anger, I'll play a little game with my clients. So I'll usually say to them, I'll ask them, you know, why are you angry? And the person will say something like, I'm angry because I'm taking care of this person and they're, I'm doing all of this for this person and the person's not appreciating me. And I'll say to them, well, but did that person ask you to do all of that for them? <laughs> Did the person ask you to do all of that for them? And usually the, the codependent will be like,
Or I'll ask them why they're angry and they'll say something like, I'm angry because I try to be a really good person that does good things in the world and I'm just trying to help people. And it seems like it just backfires on me because all I attract are broken and wounded people that take advantage of me and it doesn't seem fair. <laughs> okay, so then what I say to these people is, okay, well, have you noticed that you are also taking advantage of other people because you're actually relying on them to feel good about yourself? And as soon as I say that, the codependent's like, so these are some of the questions that I work through with codependents to try and get to the root cause of that anger and try to flip their understanding of the anger, where it's coming from, okay? But really, when it comes to anger, after we go deeper and we ask these questions and we keep going deeper, really the, the, the deep root of the anger, it isn't even at other people. The codependent really in a deep sense is actually angry at themselves. They're angry at themselves because there's a deep part of them that realizes that something is really wrong with how their life is being lived. They know it. They know that they are not being treated well. They know they're in toxic situations and there is a little morsel of them that knows that they are equally responsible for the issues that are going on in their lives. And that makes them really angry at themselves that they allow themselves to be in these situations. Okay. So a lot of this deep seated anger is actually towards self. But when we get to that, when we get to the anger, it's really piercing through the anger and understanding that, that, you know, process the anger and understanding that really the codependent is doing the best that they can with the level of awareness and skills that they have at the moment. They don't know how to do better and they don't know how to heal the codependency. Sometimes they don't even know they have codependency. And so they're doing the best that they can. When we start to work through the codependency, they come out of this anger pretty quickly and it's easy to process. On to part four of the video, how to heal codependency. So now that you know so much more about codependency, not just from a psychology perspective, but also from an energy perspective, which is really important. Now let's get into this simple, but powerful four step process. That's going to help you come out of codependency for good. All right. Step one of this process is to recall your power. Oh, this is so important. Okay. So, so important. Because again, from an energy perspective, I have now externalized my power onto someone else or onto multiple other people. And now it's time for me to recall this power back to me now. <laughs> okay. And this can be done quite easily. It's not a monumentous thing to do. This could be done quite easily. I like using ceremony and intention mantras. So I like to use a ceremony. And what I mean by ceremony is it could be something as simple as you having some candles out, getting some music going, especially some drumming shamanic music works really well. But, but if, if that's not your thing, you can use whatever music you want have some candles, get some music going, set the setting, maybe put some crystals out or have some flowers out, or maybe have images or pictures of, of gurus or of saints or of, of spiritual beings that you love kind of set the stage for this ceremony, maybe burn some incense or Palo Santo. Just, just get, get your, your area ready for this ceremony, open ceremony. And then what you can do is create your own intention mantra. Now this is more, this is really powerful for you to be able to create your own intention mantras. When we create our intention mantras, the healing is a lot more powerful. 
But I'm also going to share with you one of my favorite mantras to use. So if you want to write this one down and use it too, that's fine. All right. The mantra could be something as simple as I lovingly recall my power back to me now. Okay. So something as simple as that. I lovingly recall my power back to me now. And you just keep repeating it. That's the power of ceremony with intention mantras. So if you got a drumming music on, you're going to have your, your mantra. You're going to say it out loud multiple times. Maybe as you're dancing, as you're moving your body, you're going to keep saying your, your, your mantra. I lovingly recall my power back to me now. Okay. It's enough. This is enough. I recall my power back to me now. And you keep doing this. The more that you repeat this mantra, the more your power starts to come back to you. And that power is going to seed itself in that second and third chakra. That's the center of your personal power. So when you're calling it back to you, it's going to come in to the second and third chakra. It will actually energize the second and third chakra. It's sort of from an energy perspective, it's sort of like plugging in some batteries to recharge them. <laughs> That's literally what you're doing. When you're doing this ceremony, you're recalling your power to the second and third chakra, and you're going to feel more energized. At the end of doing this kind of dancing movement ceremony, where you're repeating your mantra, where you're recalling your, your power back to you. Maybe you do this for 15, 20 minutes. Maybe you do it for an hour. It doesn't matter. Go with what you're feeling. When you feel like you're done with your intention ceremony and you're done recalling your power, turn off the music and just sit down in meditation and close your eyes. Pay attention to your breathing and especially draw your attention down to the third and second chakras and see how you feel. Okay. Just see how you feel after recalling the recalling your power back. I've had so many clients say to me that this feels, they feel it immediately. They will feel this immediately. So many people have said this to me and this happened in my own life too. You can feel when that power is coming back to you and it seems so odd. How can it be this simple? But it really is. You are a a sovereign being and your energy, your own energy responds to you. So if you're calling your own energy back, it will come back. <laughs> okay. So it's really as simple as that. All right. But sit there for just a little bit, close your eyes, see how you feel. Maybe do a little bit of journaling after this, after this exercise, after the ceremony to see how you feel. All right. So that's the end of step one. Step number two is to heal the second chakra. Okay. So we know that a dysfunctional second chakra is the root, the biggest root cause problem problem of codependency. And so now you're going to have to address the second chakra. This is one of the primary things you're going to address. So this dysfunction needs to be healed. So you need to target that second chakra and you can target it in multiple ways. Uh, I'll give you some ways here. One of them is through meditation. So you can look up a meditation track that's specifically the music and, and the, the sounds are specifically designed for the second chakra. You can look up a second chakra meditation, listen to that, sit in meditation and just visualize your second chakra. It's your second chakra is right below your belly button, a little bit below your belly button. It's orange in color. So just visualize that as you're listening to the meditation music and you can use that. So meditation is, is one of them. Another way that I love working with the second chakra is through the use of chanting. So chanting is a very powerful way to work with energy. And what chanting is, is basically just the repetition of a word or a sound over and over and over again. The more you repeat it, the more you amplify the energy and the more you quiet your mind. Chanting quiets the mind, quiets the monkey mind, but from an energy, um, 
standpoint. Uh, chanting also concentrates energy and amplifies it more and more. The longer I chant, the more energy I concentrate. Okay. Now there's a specific chant for the second chakra. So according to Hindu tradition, each of the seven main chakras have what's known as a bija mantra or a seed sound. Each of the seven chakras has a seed sound that belongs to it. And the bija mantra, the seed sound for the second chakra is the word vam, the sound vam. Okay. Now it's, it's spelled V A M, but it's pronounced vam. So you can have, uh, uh, just meditation music and you take a nice deep breath and you chant vam. Okay. And you just do this over and over and over again. Uh, uh, pro tip here, you know, extra points. If you can chant while you're visualizing that second chakra, that orange, beautiful second chakra, if you can do that, uh, it amplifies the energy even more. But if you can't, if you're not very good at visualizing, don't worry just focus on the chanting and just focusing on the chanting, you're going to be, uh, um, balancing that dysfunction in that second chakra. Another way to work on the second chakra is to express your creativity. We didn't go into that aspect of the second chakra because it's not very pertinent for codependency, but the second chakra is also your place of creativity. Your womb is literally whether womb, whether you're a man or a woman, uh, it's the same area. This second chakra is literally the womb of everything. It gives birth to everything in your life, whether it's an actual physical baby or a project, a business, an art piece, uh, whatever it is, whatever you want to give birth to in this life, that is starts in the second chakra. This is a very important chakra of creativity. So when you're trying to balance and harmonize this beautiful chakra, one way of doing that is to express your creativity. So go to a painting class, go to a pottery class, do something creative, play music, or, you know, learn how to play an instrument or play music, just connect with music. That's a lot of, a lot of creativity, express your creativity. The more you express your creativity, the more you're working on this second chakra. Another way to harmonize and work on this second chakra is through the use of Tantra. All right. So a lot of people, when they hear the word Tantra, they think of sex or the Kama Sutra. But Tantra is much more than that. It's one of my favorite spiritual traditions. And Tantra basically teaches us how to connect with the divine through our bodies, how to, how to just connect to source energy through our bodies, how to express ourselves sexually. This is a really important aspect of Tantra and, and people that learn how to practice Tantra and use some Tantric techniques will be harmonizing and balancing this beautiful second chakra. All right. Now I'm going to give you a book recommendation recommendation on Tantra. This is an easy way to start learning about Tantra. And it's the book called, uh, urban Tantra by Barbara Corellis. All right. So, um, I'm going to leave links to that book in the description box below. So you can check it out after watching this video. That's a great way to start getting into Tantra and some of the exercises. And when you start implementing some Tantric exercises, you're working on that second chakra. Step number three to healing codependency is grounding in self. Okay. So this one's an important one because when you go through step one and step two, you're recalling your power, you're strengthening that second chakra, you're getting it more harmonized. And now it's time 
to hold on to that power <laughs> so it doesn't seep through again. So you don't start going back to the draining and giving away of power. You have to hold that power within you. It's not enough to just recall it. You got to keep it there. <laughs> you got to keep it within you. All right. So that's where this step comes in, holding that power within you. Now holding that, being able to hold that personal power within you. It's a very important facet of the third chakra, the solar plexus. Okay. So you're going to need to strengthen in that solar plexus so that you don't have the tendency of draining your power again, two or three days down the road after you've done your recall ceremony. Okay. Because this is going to take some getting used to, right? Codependency is a habit that, that people have been doing for a really long time. So it's going to take some practice to react, to be able to reverse that permanently. All right. So hold your power means that you're going to develop this third chakra. You're going to strengthen it. And then you're going to really hold that seat of power within you. You are no longer going to externalize it into someone else ever again, because now your sense of power is going to be within you. All right. Now I'm not going to go too deep on how to, to go into this, this strengthening of the third chakra, because I've done a video actually on how to um, set healthy boundaries. It's all about the third chakra and it's all about correcting a common problem with codependency, which is boundaries. All right. So I'm going to leave links to that video in the description box below. So you can watch after this one, that video will help you strengthen this third chakra for sure. Now to step four of healing codependency, and that is through self-love and self-acceptance. Now that we have worked through those lower chakras and the root issues with codependency, now it's time to get to the heart chakra and work on that beautiful, beautiful self-love. It's really time for you to realize that you are valuable in yourself, just as you are right now, whether you're helping someone or not. Okay. Whether you're saving someone or not, you are valuable right here, right now. You are loved just as you are. You are loved right now as you are, you are perfect as you are. You do not need to go save people in order to feel loved or feel good about yourself. Okay. So self-love and self self-acceptance is a really important aspect of healing codependency because when I start to really love and honor myself, I do not give my power away ever again. And I certainly don't externalize it to anyone. Okay. It's within me. All right. So to go deeper on self-love and self-acceptance, I shot a whole video on that and how to develop it with, with so much tenderness, shot a video on that. I'm going to leave links in the description box below for you to watch after this one. All right. Now over to you. Let me know in the comments below what surprised you the most about codependency that we talked about today. I want to hear all about it in the comments below. Click here to subscribe to my YouTube channel or head over to my website where you can download my popular guided meditations. And don't forget the videos that I recommended in this video. This is going to be great for you to continue viewing. All right, beautiful soul. I love you. I'm out.